Bills, Patriots, playoffs. Need we say more? The Process Podcast with Nick Veronica and Charlie Wachowski. Sponsored by Ethos Performance Rehab. Nick, we are back from our three-week vacation. You know, we, we, we were hibernating. It's pretty cold up here. Hey, man, it's cold down here. You know, the Hotlanta name is not living up to its name this week. Uh, just took the dog for a walk. It's 28 degrees outside. It's, uh, uh, I, th- I think it's the low tonight is zero in Buffalo. So that feels yeah, toasty. Yeah, definitely not that bad. I think our low tonight's like down like mid-20s. And uh, we're expecting some snow on Sunday here in, nice. in, in, in the south. So. Uh, yeah. it'd be interesting to see how these southerners take care of the snow. My my wife, last time we got snow here, my wife uh, has never seen snow, so I took her to go see it a little <laughs> bit farther north, maybe about – it was snowing at our house, and if you went about 15 minutes north, they got about a good four inches. We just got like a dusting. So I, I took her up there to go play in the snow with the dog, and uh, my wife looks at me dead serious while driving up there in the snow. She goes, do you know how to drive in the snow? And I look at it, I go, I love you, but that's probably the dumbest question you've ever asked me. But anyway, with that Brutal. said, yes, with that said, there has yeah. been, uh, in our time off, there's been some well, snow. Yeah. There's been snow. The... We, we, did, we did try to get you some episodes. We had some technical issues. We had we some, some family issues. We had some holiday travel. <laughs> We've had uh, apologies <laughs> we had some... to the listeners, but thanks for coming back. Yeah, we definitely uh, we had COVID quarantine. I think each of us had to deal with for a couple of days. It just kind of put a damper on everything. So get back, uh, get boosted. Yes, right. Uh, see my new Twitter handle. Uh, yes. Get fast, wear masks. Um, but anyway, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's uh, hasn't been the best weather season in general for Buffalo. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But last week, uh, Bills Jets. Let's just jump right into it. I know we haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, but. Let's not waste any time. Let's get get in where it's most important uh, with last week's Bills-Jets game. Touch on a couple of things real quick, Nick. Uh, first and foremost, what were your thoughts coming away from that game being the first ever Week 18 football game in the NFL um, and the Bills' final uh, regular season game before the playoffs with the AFC East title on the line? Uh, my thoughts were that game was gross. The Jets yep. looked horrible on offense. The Bills' defense, another great game. They finished the year first in yards allowed, first in points against. And the Jets had five net passing yards, which is horrible. And in some ways, the Bills are the third seed. That's not bad. Everything worked out. They won the division. But I'm still just kind of mad. They had such a clear and easy path to the number one seed, to the first round by. They had a cupcake schedule this year. Three seed, you know, kind of disappointing, not going to lie. I will say, though, I mean, you look at the rest of the division as well. I think you look at New England's schedule as well. They they played the same teams. They had that that same cupcake schedule. And I think every team in the NFL at some point this season seemed to struggle against yeah. those cupcake win teams. And you know, um, I saw someone put up on, you know, on Twitter the other day about how really who do you worry about playing? Like, do you worry about the Bills playing the Chargers or did you worry about the Bills playing the Raider, the Raiders even? I mean, what we've seen this year is really any given Sunday, any team has been beatable. I mean, you look at the Jaguars, the Jaguars, the number one overall uh, 
pick in the draft this year. Played very good against a, a, a you know a game that Buffalo played very bad in, but they also just came out and put a whooping to the Indianapolis Colts, who just only needed a win to make the playoffs. Um, what a terrible you know, loss that was for the Colts. Are you kidding me? No, that was a brutal loss for the Colts. But you saw that throughout uh, throughout the season. I think you saw Denver win a couple of games they had no business winning. Um, you know that got them into a bit of a playoff race. Um, Atlanta won a few games they had no business winning, but. You talk about the Bills getting that three seed. They were almost a two seed. Uh, if Denver could have held on to the ball down inside the five-yard line, New England picks it up, scoops it, uh, scoops and scores there late in the fourth quarter to go up by a touchdown and seal the game. But uh, that was a game that I was watching closely thinking, hey, you know, anything might happen tomorrow. Buffalo may be able to get in um, get into a two seed, which, which would have been nice to see, but – I think I would much rather play the New England Patriots than the Steelers or the Chargers. Or I'm sorry, the Steelers or the Raiders. That's an interesting question. I was watching that crazy, crazy Sunday night game. I was kind of pulling for the tie. And I'm like, you know what? It's probably better for the Bills playing the Patriots instead of playing the Chargers because – you just look at the quarterback, Justin Herbert, much mm-hmm. more scary than Mac Jones. And when you're talking, I'm not worried about Pittsburgh at all. I think the Bills would definitely win a rematch. I mean, they, Raiders, they, they were literally a block punt away from winning week one. Let's be honest. Fair, fair. I mean, I just think Ben Roethlisberger is, is totally washed up and he's just not a threat. And you would like to think the Bills would be able to do enough in run defense knowing – uh, knowing what's coming, but we've said said that before. So you're saying you'd rather p- play the Patriots than the Raiders. Why do you say that? Uh, again, I'm not as afraid of Mac Jones as what I am with Derek Carr. Um, I don't think the Raiders' defense is nearly as good as what New England's defense is. But you know, I think if it comes down to a shootout, I think the Bills can out uh, can outshoot the New England Patriots offense. Uh, and when it comes down to it, we saw that. A couple weeks ago in New England, when Buffalo beat New England there, um, and truthfully, I think if it was decent weather in Buffalo for the first game, I think Buffalo wins that game handily as well. I don't think that the, I think Mac Jones is starting to digress at the wrong time of the year, and the Raiders are just a hungry team with a, you know, quote unquote interim head coach who seems like he's going to take over as the head coach at this point. Uh, going into next year, but they are just a team who's just a little scrappy. And sometimes those little scrappy teams, Nick, um, you know, who are just kind of playing to, to play and have fun. Those are the ones that scare you a little bit more. I see that. I see that. I don't no, know. No, but... I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid of Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr's a great quarterback, but I think he's much better. No, he's than better than Mac Jones. You get Mac Jones. Yeah. I don't know. Like the, the Belichick factor in the playoffs is just always going to be in your mind. No. I mean, always, right? Like, that's the one thing, too. I've been going back and forth so much on um, where do the Bills end up here with playing Bill Belichick for a third time, right? One of the big things with him in round two of this this matchup this season was they were playing man coverage all game. And you would have thought Bill Belichick would have went in at halftime and said, hey, we're playing man coverage. We're getting beat by guys like Isaiah McKenzie, Stefan Diggs, this and that. We're going to switch to more of a zone type of defense. 
But no, he stayed in that man defense. He stayed doing what what he built his team to do, and ultimately that that cost his team the game. Now, will he do that again in the playoffs? Who knows? He may come out and disguise that that defense as a man defense and run some zone. And um, you know, Josh Allen's a much better quarterback against man defenses. And I think that's shown. I think he has better receivers who are able to get off the line and get a little bit of separation in a man defense more so than watching the receivers get open in, into a zone type of defense with the way that Brian Dable likes to call plays um, for Josh Allen. I think something that you hit on a lot is Josh Allen in empty stadiums versus with fans. And there are games where he gets a little overexcited. And mm-hmm. I think some of the games we've seen him have – Poor performances this year are teams that played really like a soft zone almost and kind of just dared him to take the check down all day long. And if he tried to force it somewhere else, that was when he seemed to have trouble is when he was forcing it against people who were daring him to be conservative. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, that's one thing that worries you going into a game like this. It's what Josh Allen are you going to get, right? Josh Allen played well enough against the Colts uh, in the first round of the playoffs last year with some fans in the stands. He played okay against the Ravens. Didn't light the game up, but another game that was pretty crappy weather and cold and, you know, a typical Buffalo day, uh, definitely not as cold as what it's going to be Saturday night. Um, But I I, I definitely thought that – I definitely thought that – Josh Allen could have played better in both those games. Now, look, Josh Allen's starting to get a little hotter. He didn't look very good against Atlanta. He looked very good in, since the second half against Tampa, which we never even got around to talking about that game. That would have been an exciting one to press it down and talk to, talk about. But um, he he's looked like a totally different quarterback since that game against Tampa. The game against Atlanta was a little bit worrisome for me. Um you know, some interceptions, the first interception was a terrible pick. The other two, you know, sure, they were batted down and, and all of that, but he beat uh, – the, the team in general beat Atlanta with the run game, with Devin Singletary getting over 100 yards, with Josh Allen running the ball well. Um, you know, they were able to change their game plan when Josh Allen wasn't playing well. Will that same game plan or will they be able to do something similar like that if Josh Allen is not throwing the ball well again this week – against Bill Belichick in that defense. I think they need to basically force it to happen. I don't know. You you really would want to – I mean, how many carries are you expecting from Singletary in a, in a tight game here? I, I would think that they keep trying to make the passing game happen in, in that circumstance, no? I mean, I think so. I mean, I think that's how you're going to win this game. I think Josh Allen's going to be your your end-all, be-all. But, again, Devin Singletary's looked very good the last couple of weeks. So maybe Devin Singletary kind of continues to be that lead guy and that lead back and continues to, you know, run the ball the way that he has. And and it takes a lot of that pressure off of Josh Allen to kind of throw the team on his shoulders and say, just, you know, come along for the ride. I got this. Yeah, it's always nice that it's there. I still don't totally trust, trust the running game, but – Singletary going to him as the featured back has been a good change. We haven't really seen much of either of the the other two running backs down the stretch. No, we haven't. And I think uh, Singletary's looked good. I think he's finally coming into his own this year, just in time for the playoffs. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot that could go, uh, you know, 
could go both ways. It's it's this Bills offensive line. Let's talk. We have to talk about them, Nick. I don't think we've touched on them yet. Um, without Feliciano in the starting lineup, they have looked like a completely different offensive line. You know, Daryl Williams on the other side, on the right side at the right guard position is still getting, I'm sorry, the left guard position, still getting beat a little bit. I'm sorry, right guard. I don't know why I'm getting him confused. At the, the right guard position, still the getting beat a little bit. The line has been in flux all season. Yes. And then, um, you know, you got you got Rick Bates. Um, <laughs> Rick Bates just leading the way there on the left side. And he's he's looked very well in... in, in uh, what was the story in, where that nickname came from? Josh Allen just uh, introduced him one day at a uh, press conference and said, next to the podium, Rick Bates. So let me ask you this question. When he gets a pancake block, do you just call those a Rick roll? Thanks, guys. I'm here all week. Anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on the offense? I mean, going into the offseason, you have a guy like John Feliciano who has been able to show that he is very versatile on that offensive line. He stepped in at center at times when you needed him. Uh, I believe Mitch Morris's contract is up this offseason. I assume they're bringing him back because he's looked very well. And Josh is very comfortable with him at center. Um, but what do you do? You're, you're, the, this is a team who's kind of salary cap strapped a little bit going into the offseason. There's definitely some holes that they have to find ways to address. Brandon Bean's drafting hasn't been great as a GM. Um, you know, So do you trust him enough to go out and find guys to replace that? But to me, Feliciano, he's a great um, role player on the offensive line. But is he worth all that money? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of questions to be asked about him, again, with the emergence of Rick Bates coming in at uh, at guard. Yeah, Mitch Morris is a free agent this year. I don't know what kind of money he's going to be looking for. I, I don't think if you are looking forward on his career, I don't know how much – how many more good years are left, especially with his injury history. It's going to be interesting to me. I remember, I don't know, halfway through the year, maybe I had asked you on, on the pod, you know, if you had uh, put out your list of, of Bill's draft needs, what do you think it would be? And we initially went to skill positions and said, you know, second corner. I think per, the second half of the year, I think every Bill's fan is basically saying, nope, beef up the lines. For sure. Mm -hmm. Offensive line absolutely has to be addressed. Maybe it's not the draft. Maybe it's free agency, whatever. Offensive line, defensive line, you got to get some some large bodies in there who can perform capably. And it's been kind of amazing how Josh Allen has been able to perform so well with how much A, uh, change has been on the offensive line, and B, how poor they played. I think it was... Did, did you happen to see the reverse angle of the first touchdown from week 18 against the Jets? Yes. Okay. Unbelievable. Josh Allen. Oh, my goodness. The offensive line looked horrible. Right tackle gets beat. Josh, no problem. I got this. Linebacker comes in the blitz. Josh Allen throws with a guy around him, still fires it into digs. That play was absolutely amazing. And I think Josh Allen has honestly grown this year in his – pocket presence he's still keeping his eyes downfield feeling the pressure moving around and it kind of go, goes hand in hand if the quarterback is just a sitting duck or if he's not moving moving correctly with the, in the pocket he's he's gonna get killed and i think he's had uh some trial by fire in that this year and he's he's learning and he's growing so 
he is getting better at dealing with poor offensive line play, which is still not ideal, but you do like to see it. And I just can't wait until they can get some big boys in here. Josh Allen actually won the uh, the angry runs scepter on Ooh, today on Good Morning yes. Football. Um, if you uh, did not see that, go to Kyle Brandt's Twitter and find it. He was hyped. Dude, that dude has to like snort pre-workout before he gets up there to like do this because I don't know where he gets all that energy from. I appreciate you not getting a sued by saying pre-workout instead of something else. <laughs> hey, I, I I know I know the deal, but uh, yeah, I mean de- definitely definitely snort some uh, you know pre-workout or just takes it. A little creatine, you know. You know? Yeah, there you sure. go, some creatine. Totally. Um, but he, dude, so so Josh Allen won the scepter, and then they also did a second one for Stephon Diggs and his stiff arm. They were a duo. Uh, angry passes. That play yeah. was so good, it made the angry run segment as an angry pass. And one. I mean, on top <laughs> of it, and one. By, by the way, side note, Mitch Morris is 29 years old. What? He's the, he is the oldest-looking 29-year-old I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that a quote from Jerry Maguire? She's like, I'm the, I'm the oldest 29-year-old in the world. It, it, uh, it's not. It should competition. be. Yeah, man, he uh, he is 29 years old, and like the fact that he's two years younger than me and looks like he's at least 10 years older than me is ridiculous. You know, crazy. Uh, he's he's had so many injuries in his in his career. Yes, but he he's been able to stay healthy this year, and I think that speaks a lot for him. And uh, you know, I think if you could bring Mitch Morris back on a two to three year contract, you know, that's what I'd like to see. Keep this offensive line intact as much as you can going forward. Obviously, they need to find something to do at the right guard position because Daryl Williams is okay there. Obviously, Cody Ford is not a fit there, but they'll have to find out what to do. But right now, with what they're doing with the offensive line, it's not it's it's not broken. So please do not fix it. Leave what you have. I like what they're doing. They're doing well protecting the run. They're doing well protecting the pass. I don't think Josh Allen's been sacked in three weeks, if I remember correctly, hmm. uh, since they've made the change with his offensive line. So a little bit more promising for what yeah. this offensive line can bring to the table. and I thought, I thought Deion Dawkins rebounded in the second half after a poor, poor first half, given maybe not poor relative to everyone else in the line, but poor relative to his salary. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it somehow still got into the Pro Bowl, which is beyond me. Um, yeah, that's a fan vote. But he, uh, you know, after COVID the first time, he did not look good. Then COVID comes the second time, it, like, fixed him. So maybe whatever COVID the first time messed up for him, that COVID the second time fixed it. I don't, I don't know how this thing works. I think we're also trying to answer questions about COVID. But, um, yeah, I mean, the offensive line has played well. We have to talk about the other side of the line, though, Nick. Got to talk about the defensive line because they're going to play a big part in this game against New England when it comes to A, yeah. stopping the run, and B, getting them to uh, um, uh, Mac Jones there. I think that the defensive line has looked a lot better, and you can't talk about this defensive line right now without talking about the emergence of Harrison Phillips. Finally, right? Finally. About time. About time. About time. He, I mean, if he, if he had finished the season poorly, you could have seen him being a, a, a roster bubble candidate, a cut guy, right? I, I mean, I think so. I, yeah, that's safe enough to say. I mean, he hasn't looked – he did not look great up until uh, this past past season, really. The, the, I would say give him about the last month, and I think he's finally come into to his role. Yeah, that's been, that's been great to see. The, the interior defensive line is going to be huge this week, especially we've been talking about it's probably going to be a weather game. 
temperatures are going to be in the single digits. Why? Tell me why the Patriots would not just bring back the same playbook from when they won the game earlier this season and just don't bother passing that much. Just keep running until the Bills prove they can stop it. Um, because I don't think that that's going to work this time around. And I'll tell you why. I think this is going to be a game where Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball more than four times. Because you know, why? Because this Bills defense has, even from that New England game to now, they have looked so much better against the run. Um, you know, sure, they had, they had, had one run here, one run there that they've given up some chunk yards on, yes. But they haven't given up that big home run run since that first New England game. You know, okay, so you, you're saying the Bills' defense has stiffened up since then, fixed some of the problems. The Patriots will not be able to run as consistently. Yes, and, I, and I'll also say this because I want, I want this to go out into the universe. You are going to see the best game of his career this weekend from Harrison Phillips. I'm sorry, we're talking about Harrison Phillips. From Tremaine Edmonds. Best game of Tremaine Edmonds' career. Okay. Yeah. And, and I say that because he struggled. The The touchdown that New England scored the first game, you could put that right on the back of Edmonds and Hyde, right? They both took a terrible they, – they, they, they read the read the play wrong, tried to take the wrong gap, and um, Damian Harris was able to just turn it upfield and, and take off. Um, I think that at the end of the day, this is a big game coming up for Tremaine Edmonds. Obviously, he's in his fifth year option next season no contract really on the table yet uh some fans are thinking he's washed up or a bust uh i'm not there yet i don't think you're there yet nick i know a lot of people aren't i'm a a tremaine Edmonds truther i am a big fan i will there have been points this year i've been like even even Mm -hmm. me like i'm starting to fall away but he was the middle linebacker on the number one defense in the NFL in terms mm-hmm. of points and yards allowed. He's, I know people don't get tired of hearing this. You do have to keep mentioning his age. He's like just starting to be older than all of the draft prospects this year. He's already got four years in the league. Yeah. I don't know. Like his cap number next year is high, but I could see an extension worked out at a lower. Uh, lower average value, but giving him more years or more guarantees or more of whatever it is, I could see them renegotiating and extending him this year. This is this is more of an offseason thing. But right. if you think he has the game of his life this weekend, that would definitely go a long way in the minds of Bills fans, at least, that he should absolutely stay. I mean, this is a big game all around, right? I mean, again, we talked about it quickly. You're playing Bill Belichick who is one of the best minds in football in a, not just in a week 15 game, you're playing Bill Belichick in the playoffs. This is where he has succeeded. This is where his, he has made his money. This is where he has won the bling for all his fingers. Um, you know, this is where Bill Belichick has earned himself the right to be called the best coach that's ever coached the game of football. And that's going to be tough. I, I think um, you know, this Bills defense has to be ready for whatever um, they throw at them. I, I mean, there, there's no pun intended to Mac Jones, but 
I'm convinced that this Bills defense is going to step up to the plate. And I don't want to necessarily say they're going to win them the game because I think the Bills offense is going to have a fairly decent day, uh, both in the air and on the ground. But I do think that um, this Bills defense is going to have a very big day and they will play a huge part in Buffalo, hopefully winning the game on Sunday, on Saturday. But, Nick, we can't we can't talk about the defensive line without talking about another name of someone who currently not on the roster. I have seen rumors. Listen, um, if, if you tell me they're going to sign a defensive end after having nine sacks, I don't know what we're doing here. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. I'm not sure I trust that rumor. Do you think he do you think they signed in the practice squad just to kind of get him in the building? And the, the thing the thing with Shaq Lawson, and this is why I have thought so much about it. Yes, okay, sure. Maybe he doesn't get to the passer as much, but Shaq Lawson is very good against the run, which is the one place that this Bills defense has struggled throughout the year. And Shaq Lawson didn't want to leave Buffalo in the first place. He wanted to come back, and Buffalo just didn't want to offer him the money he wanted. He's been cut from three teams this year for whatever reason, you know, or traded, and then finally cut by the Jets for whatever reason this year. Um, I'm okay with bringing him back if he's going to help you against the run, because if you do get past this week, past New England, you're going to, unless Pittsburgh pulls off probably the upset of all upsets, you have to go to Kansas City next week. And you got a running quarterback and you got a, a, a pretty decent run game. Jared McKinnon's running the ball really well there um, in place of Edwards Alaire. So you got to look at that as well. And and, and who's going to help you against a guy like Derrick Henry? You get to Tennessee. The road to the Super Bowl right now has to go through Tennessee until, you know, maybe Tennessee loses. But the road to the Super Bowl right now goes through Tennessee. You struggled against Derrick Henry this past season, you know, early on in, in, in the year. Can Shaq Lawson be that guy who can come into that game and help you get over that Derrick Henry hump? Because two two years in a row, this Bills offense has looked – I'm sorry, this Bills defense has struggled against Derrick Henry. Adding him to the practice squad is interesting because he's, he's just kind of there if you need mm-hmm. him, if somebody gets injured on the road to the Super Bowl. That's an interesting thought. Uh, for what it's worth, Sal Capaccio did – report he's been told there's no agreement in place between Shaq Lawson and the Bills at this time. Yes. Now, he's, he's a guy who's out there. Any any free agent could be well not not pending free agent, but any unsigned player could could be out there, could help the team. I I'm not sure he's being brought in without a a space to open up. The Bills just had nine sacks that you know that they they like who they brought they like the guys that they they have been in training camp with, who have practiced with them. They really like their core guys. I also had be, nine sacks against the Jets. It's not. You know, yeah, I know, but breaks. it's it's still everybody's feeling good. Everybody's getting home. Yeah, I know. No, how, I, I how, how do you how do you defend that in the locker room? Sean McDermott's a big locker room guy. How do you t- tell your players we just had nine sacks, but we need help from a guy who's been cut a bunch? I think Shaq Lawson was a guy that in the first place they didn't want to lose either. But at the time, given, you know, the salary cap and what they were trying to do and, you know, dead cap money that they were still trying to get rid of, it just made sense not to bring him back. And I think Shaq Lawson is the guy, if I'm the coach, Shaq Lawson excelled in my scheme, in my defense. You know, 
and I'm looking at the guys and saying, look, yeah, we got nine sacks and we did really, really good against the pass. I'm not bringing him in to be a pass rusher. I'm bringing him in to be a guy who can help us stop the run. So when we get to Tennessee, he can help us beat a guy like Derrick Henry. When you get, if you get to LA, he can be a guy that can help you slow down the running game of the new, of the uh, Green Bay Packers, you know, or help you stop the running game of, uh, um, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm looking at using him for. Maybe not necessarily this week. I'm saying I'm bringing him in to help us in two weeks when we get there. I hear you. I mean, it, it's not like he's he's a veteran who asked to be released so he could sign and, and make a – I mean, he's a veteran, but he's not, not like this beloved figure who asked to be released so he could go make a Super Bowl run. I mean, there's a reason he's a free agent too. So – I don't know. He's out there. If, if they need a guy, I'm fine with it, but I don't think they need to bring in someone random at this point of the year. Understandable. I mean, I wouldn't consider him random, but I understand what you mean. Um, Nick, let's talk about the weather a little bit going into – I know we've touched on it a bit, but I want to touch on it some Cold. More. Literally – okay, Cold. Orchard Park, Saturday night, literally low temperature of zero. According Wind chills to, are going to be in the negatives. Yeah, I was going to say, according to the Weather Channel – uh, dot com Saturday night the temperature is negative one and that's without the wind chill build a dome you idiots so so we'll get to the dome part Nick we will don't worry we will get there uh Matthew Fairburn though did tweet out today that the forecast calls for a low temp of zero in Orchard Park on Saturday Josh Allen this when it has been 31 degrees or colder he has played five games in 31 degrees or colder in the below freezing temperatures uh, his record is three and two. He's got a fifty point three percent completion uh, percentage. He's averaging one hundred and sixty six yards per game, six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Not and now, great. and now, Mac Jones has not played in many cold weather games himself. Um, the coldest game that Mac Jones has ever started in was this past season against Tennessee, and it was thirty three degrees with six mile per hour winds. Uh, and in that game, now obviously it's one game to go on. Mac Jones was 23 for 32, 310 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and two sacks. Hmm. J- just something to kind of rest your morals on. When you talk about this weather and how cold it's going to be, I think one thing we've noticed the last few weeks with Josh Allen is he's been trying to squeeze that ball into some tighter spaces. So he's putting a little bit more whip behind that ball. And I think uh, Trent Green touched on it. I know – Listen to GR this week. Uh, Eric Wood touched on it a little bit too. I think even Jim Kelly mentioned it to Eric Wood as well, saying, look, when it's cold like this, you got to take a little something off that ball because your receiver's hands are frozen hmm. and you're whipping that ball in there. That's why I feel like we've seen so many drops the last few weeks at home because the weather has been so cold and it's affecting those guys trying to get their hands on the ball. That's an interesting that I would I wonder if you could find drop rate by game time temperature. That would be interesting. That would be quite the stat to look up. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure someone sat down and has done it. One of the many Bill's websites. Might, out might have to get podcast friend Billy Moy from PFF to, to look that one up for us. I feel, I feel like that's a great Billy Moy uh, question to ask. <laughs> I feel like they have that ready to go in their back pocket. Um on top of that, Nick, you know, uh, it, it's it's going to be cold. How does that affect the game all around? You know, obviously, no snow. It's going to be too cold to snow. 
at this point. Um, thank God. The wind doesn't seem to be a factor this time around in Orchard Park like it was a few weeks ago when New England came to visit and you had the wind and snow and, you know, it was a factor all around. How much do you think the weather this week, though, is going to affect the outcome of this game? Man, I'm 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 bringing the app up again here, and I so you just see zero. I see zero where I'm looking. I, I use the forewarn weather app. Just saying. <laughs> I wonder why. It's it's never not stunning to to see the number zero on on the radar. I mean, and little on the high that day is nine. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, all right, we do have to say when you're an NFL player, it's not like you are the fans who pay money to go freeze themselves halfway to death and can't feel their feet. When you are a player, you are, A, moving around, your blood is pumping, you get the big coat on the sideline, you have majorly heated seats, heated everything, you have warm drinks, you have soup, whatever, bone broth, whatever you want, you got it there on the sideline. They do a lot to keep the players warm. I know that they're not going to, like, totally be warm, but – it's not like they're just they're just standing on the sideline like you're you're a high school player just literally standing there. So I don't think we have like Josh Allen his presser today talked about how his his toes get cold because he's got bad circulation or something like kind of funny. He always says something like low key relatable. Mm-hmm. I so so it's not so much that they're going to be like frozen. It's just going to be like when you're out there, it just, it just next level. Like it just hits you. Like you, you walk outside, you know, you're like, Oh, holy, holy cow. This is, you know, your fingers are cramping up before you realize that the ball is just extra slick. It's uh, areas I get worried about in, in very cold games are hard passes. Like you said, uh, Kicking, punting, special teams, mm. weird stuff seems to play up and be more important, which is maybe a concern given how bad Matt Hawk, the punter, has, it was last week and his bad. I was just, just going to ask you about that. Yeah, for what it's worth, Sean McDermott gave him the vote of confidence today in his press conference. Don't think a change is coming there unless something really bad happens this week. You're not, um, you're not calling out the Scottish Hammer this uh, this week to come in and punt. Who's that, Kerry Vedvik? He is on the practice squad. No, that is not. Kerry Vedvik is the kicker. He's the kicker slash punter. Who are we talking about? I'm not, I'm uh, not the familiar. Scottish Hammer is Jamie Gillian. So he used to punt for Cleveland. Okay. Um, he was in Cleveland for a few years. Buffalo signed him. He is on the practice squad. He is from the UK. Uh, that's obviously where he gets the name of the Scottish Hammer. Um, young guy, 24 years old. He's got a great hair. Uh, you you had better have great hair with that name, dude. Him and your brother should have a hair off, like great hair, incredible. I'm I'm very jealous of the blonde flow that is coming from the Scottish Hammer. But okay, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's there. His longest punt of his career is 71 yards. Um, he's had 28 punts down inside the 20 in his career. He made the all-rookie team, and then he was waived by Cleveland on December 22nd, and Buffalo picked him up and signed him to the practice squad Christmas Eve. Okay. Well, he's an option. I don't know. It seems like the team does not want to go there yet. I mean, but... is that something you'd want to do going into a playoff game? Like, you haven't really seen him punt in a game. No, I would have yeah. just wanted to sign a veteran, sign, I don't know. 
bring somebody in for a tryout, do something. Yeah, I, you could, you could. Um, but again, if they don't have that experience kicking in that cold weather, I mean, I'm assuming they're practicing outside this week. They're practicing inside. Sean McDermott said they're uh, today's Tuesday. He said they are hoping to get outside tomorrow or later this week. Like they're going to do it one time, which is like just a sign. Like guys, play indoors. Please. Right. Right. Um, yeah, they definitely need to get outside. Friday would be a good day uh, to get a little walkthrough in outside. It's going to be two degrees as your low, 23 as your high. Uh, and then I don't think you guys get above freezing until uh, maybe February at this point from what the Weather Channel is giving me. Um, but uh, look, especially is going to be a big part in this. I think without those two bad punts this past week, I think Buffalo shuts out the Jets. And, and and when I say bad punts, I mean, I think we can all say they were bad punts. Horrible. Like, italicized, bolded, underlined it a million times, like bad punts. Uh, two, two of them were like 21 and 22 yards, and then there was the the bad snap that he sort of got tackled while kicking. That was, yes. what, did that go two yards? Something like, well, you had the one that went like 21 yards and then, no, 23 yards, and then they had a re-kick because of offsetting penalties. Yeah, then it was worse. And then he kicked worse the next time. I'm like, what the heck, man? You know, um, maybe he just hadn't get he didn't get a lot of practice the couple weeks before that, so he he was a little uh, little rusty. But you have to get a good punting game, and field position is going to be a big part of this week's game against New England. Um, one thing too, Nick, I want to touch on. You know, with going into the playoffs, the Bills obviously won 11 games this year, got them into. Uh, third place overall in the AFC. Um, and in those 11 games, the Bills' closest victory, closest margin of victory. Do you have any idea? I looked it up, so I do. Okay. 12 points. So 12 points. 12 points Crazy. is the closest margin of victory, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I looked mean, this, this up too. The, the only team in NFL history with more wins by 12 or more. Do you have a guess? No. Uh, by Mm, in, in NFL history? Yeah, just think of historically great offenses. New England. Uh, we are talking about the 1999 greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams. Had wow. 13 okay. wins of by 12 or more. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a Bills team that when their offense is clicking, they're good. And I'll be honest, man, when Josh Allen plays like how he did against uh, New England in the game against New England, this is a – quarterback who in my opinion looks like the best quarterback in the nfl you know i think that new england game he looked like hands down the best quarterback that week and um you know if he can have another game close to that i think i I think buffalo wins this game pretty handedly um and not for nothing for what it's worth for all of the um you know people that like to compare this team to the team of the 90s uh, the Bills are 33 and 15 in the last three seasons. And when Kelly and that whole crew began their run, uh, they were 13 and 14 in their first three seasons. So that was 90, 1988 through 1990. Different times. Obviously, free agency wasn't really a thing then, like what it is now. So, so you didn't lose as many guys um, and all of that. But um, definitely, you know, interesting comparison there between the two. Uh, who, which I think were the, you know, two best groups of Bills teams that we have seen in our lifetime. 
Um, Nick, before we get into our final predictions for everything on Saturday, real quick, I want to talk to you. You keep bringing up Dome. Yeah, do I get into that now, or do you want to save that for uh, like a postseason episode? I don't. I don't know. They, they they do. They sound close to a stadium agreement. I'll, I almost don't want to get worked up about it. I think if you put enough thought into it, dome or even better, retractable roof is is a very clear winner. But all indications are that that is not even being discussed in negotiations. So in some ways, I almost don't want to get worked up again. No, I get it. I get it. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I just wanted to say real quick, I think I am all team dome. So sign me up for a dome as soon as possible for this team. I think, you know, many good possibilities come out of having a dome like you've seen in other cold weather cities like uh, Indianapolis, like here in Atlanta. Um, you know, you could possibly hold Super Bowl. Buffalo would be a great place for a Super not Bowl. Not happening. Not no, I, I, I get that. You're not building the I get they're not building the dome. Well the no, dome is, Super Bowl is not happening either way. Even if you build the dome, Super Bowl's yeah. not coming to Buffalo. Okay, sure, sure, sure. My the dumbest excuse that I've heard for the dome yet, or for against the dome. And I'm gonna share this with everyone because I think it's that stupid. And it it came from my cousin, so I feel fine saying oh, this. Oh, okay. The excuse that I heard was, Well, you know, the weather's not that great in Buffalo in the winter. But in the summer times, in September and early October, when the weather is good, you just want to be outside. So why would they build a dome when the weather's usually good those months? I said, because the weather was crappy in September and October and November this past season. And if, the only, played- if only there was a way to like lock in that great weather all the time. <laughs> Can you imagine? And and not for nothing, the the one game this year that the Bills had great weather at home was the game they lost to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh, they had crappy weather against Houston. It rained. They had crappy weather against Miami. They had crappy weather against New England, as we all know about against uh, Atlanta, so on and so forth. They did not have one good weather game outside of that game against Pittsburgh, and they also had very nice weather in Jacksonville. And we saw how that worked out. Maybe this team is just meant to play in shit weather. I mean, one of one of my biggest reasons is tickets. It's not fair to ask your fans to stand outside for three hours when it's single digit degrees out. Even for a playoff game this week, tickets are available. If you are wild enough to want to, I don't know, free you know, lose feeling in your fingers for three hours, you can you can go to this game. Like it's it's. Imagine saying that three years ago, five years ago, when Sean McDermott got hired, that there's a Bills Patriots playoff game at home. And, you know, it's what is it, four days before the game, and tons of tickets are available because people don't want to go. And and this is this one, the team is good. How many years? I mean, remember, uh, thank goodness the NFL did away with, with the blackout rule. That was stupid. But how many times were there? They could not sell December home games. The schedule would come out, and you knew the team was not going to like really be in contention. And you're like, oh no, three December home games. And guess what? Now you know the regular season is going into you know mid January at this point with right. the extra season. So the team is good now. It's not always going to be good. I think for ticket sales, you would you would want to guarantee fans a nice experience at least. Well, I'll say this. I always enjoy tailgating in the colder weather. You know, there's just something about tailgating with Bill's Mafia when it's cold out. Like, it's it, it brings a totally different Yeah, but like, like right? 30 is, is cold still. Like, zero is 
I mean, uh, let's be honest. This game is being played in like the North Pole <laughs> at this point. It's not, you know, talk about the frozen tundra up in Green Bay. I mean, this game is not far behind being the frozen tundra in Buffalo. You know, I think the coldest I've ever played anything outside and was uh, I played in a couple years ago, the Labatt Blue outdoor tournament at Riverworks. And mm. it was, I remember it was so cold. I was drinking water and the water was freezing to, and sticking to my yeah. beard. Yeah, it you was know? like ho- hockey practice in high school. We have it before school in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. You, you, know, you have icicles hanging off your face mask. And I think the wind chill, I think that day was like negative 20. So I can only imagine what it'd be like to play football. I mean, and obviously out once you're out moving around, hockey's different. You have all the gear on, you're moving around. Football, half these guys don't even wear long sleeves underneath yeah, their pads. You need your you need your hands in football. Right. Right. You need your hands. You're not covered with the gloves. You can't hide warmers inside your gloves, whatever it might be. Uh it'll be a fun game to watch though, Nick. Do you have any predictions for round one of the playoffs? Uh besides a lot of people looking cold on TV. I am going to pick a, a lower scoring game. Feeling good about the Bills here. Possible. Okay. Feeling good about a possible redemption tour. Bills could go if it works out right. Patriots this week. Next week could be Chiefs rematch of the AFC Championship. Week after that could be Titans for the overtime game. Super Bowl. Maybe the Bucks against Brady. That would be mm. an unbelievable, like, on one hand, that's like a murderer's row of teams. On the other hand, that would be like an unbelievable comeback every week. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Bills, 23, Patriots, 16. They are a touchdown better than the Patriots. Oh, wow. So you're going to keep it close. You're going to lower the mark there. Largest margin or uh, lowest margin of victory this year has been 12. You're going to go with them winning only by seven. Which is, I mean, in NFL, seven seven's a big point spread. I mean, the line for the game opened to four. I think it quickly moved to four and a half, but seven mm-hmm. se- seven's a lot. So I, I think I'm, I think the Bills are a touchdown better than the Patriots, which is substantial. Um, so I mean, I've been going back and forth. Like this goes. I remember last year when we were talking about playoffs and the Bills in the playoffs. Like because of the hype around the team, like I was so. Like, I didn't want to admit that they could be good, right? Like, did not want to admit that this Bills team could be a good team. Um, You know, let's be honest. I don't think Kansas City is going to lose to Pittsburgh. If they do, and Buffalo wins this week, they do get a second home game next week, which would be huge. Uh, And you're probably bringing in, um, you know, I I would assume Cincinnati that game. I, I don't see the Raiders beating Cincinnati either. But um, we're talking about this week with the Bills and Patriots at 8-15 Saturday night in the North Pole. I mean, at Orchard Park, <laughs> um, I think that the Bills are going to win. I'm not going as low scoring as you. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Okay. Um, but I think the Bills are still going to win uh 35-25. You're you're picking 60 points to score a game when it's degrees. Yes, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think Josh Allen's gonna have no problem throwing the ball. So we've seen him be able to throw the ball in the bad weather. Um 
you know, and I, I, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a game where the as good as this Bills defense is going to be, they're going to make some big stops for Buffalo down the line. But Josh Allen's going to have to come in and win this game uh, for his team and make some big plays. I agree that Josh Allen is going to have to have a very impressive second half where he does some heroic things, which has really been been the season. Josh Allen's the guy. Like, let him be a hero if he's got to be a hero. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. I I don't know I don't see it being super high scoring two two defensive good defenses here bad weather playoffs gonna be I think it's gonna be be a little bit tighter but hey you could you could in New York State you can now legally bet the over on a mobile sports app if that's how you feel I I will also say this though real quick Nick these are both teams that we have seen throughout the year who have gotten behind early and when they get behind early they're both teams that struggle to make that comeback you know we saw it last week with the Patriots and the Dolphins, um, you know, New England, Miami jumped out to a big early lead and New England fought back, but it was just too little too late. If Buffalo can go up early, you know, by two scores, uh, and I don't mean a field goal and a touchdown, not by 10, you got to go up by 14 early on, on this team. Uh, I think Buffalo can win the game easily. Um, I think the other big thing that we haven't talked about and we did not touch on today, Nick was Sean McDermott. And how big of a factor he plays because don't forget how conservative was he until the second half of that Bucks game. He has been conservative all year and he was more aggressive last year than what he's been all year this year. And come playoffs last year, he went back to being very conservative again in a situation mm-hmm. where he could have been aggressive. All you right. Know? This did not get talked about because the result of the Jets game ended up, you know, being not close. Everyone in the world saw Josh Allen begging his coach to let him go for fourth down. Look at basically saying, trust me, I can do it. Trust me. He's, he's, he's the guy and he's saying, Mm -hmm. trust me. And McDermott sends out the field goal team. Do you think part of that was, Hey, okay. Our play call is going to be something with Josh Allen running the ball or Josh Allen holding the ball and him sitting there saying like, look, I don't need you taking another hit. I, I'm trying to keep you healthy. I need you for next week. And maybe McDermott was scoreboard watching a little bit or someone was letting him know what was going on in Miami and kind of being like, hey, look, Miami's up. You know, if we lose, we lose. Like, we're okay. Um, you know, or how much of that was just him like, nope, putting out the field goal team, I'm going to be conservative again. Because to yeah. me, while I understand Josh Allen wanted to go for it, if that was week 15, yes, send Josh Allen out. But in week 18, when I have a playoff game coming up next week, that playoff game is more important to me than what happens this week in week yeah, 18. It is. I, I have a hard time. Like, he's, you have to trust that guy. And when the guy says, trust me, you got to trust them, I think. Um, my, my take on what McDermott was thinking is there's no way this team is going to score on my defense. Let's just take mm-hmm. three points and. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get out of here. That's that's what I think you thought. But man, imagine if that ends up, you know, if they end up needing, you know, a couple extra points at the end there. That that gets talked about like crazy right before the playoffs. Like that could have gone south really quick. And I do also need to want to mention you talk about McDermott, who is a good coach, has done a nice job, still does just like dumb stuff with game management too. He, how many times can they line up? For a fourth down, that they're obviously not going to try, and then burn a timeout and then punt. Listen, if you're going to end up punting, just take the five yards. Don't waste the timeout. 
Last the week, they, yeah, they sent him out there, did that, actually got it on a QB sneak, got the first down, but then they took a timeout beforehand. So the banging up Josh Allen didn't even count for them, which is why would you even like maybe call timeout if you were about to run a play? Then they called timeout. Then they sent the punter out instead to to punt 20, 21 yards. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you know you're gonna punt, just take the penalty, save mm-hmm. your timeout. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I was reading today. I'm gonna. I, this is not a work affiliated podcast here, but I read it on wivb.com, Channel Force <laughs> website. You can go read it right now. Uh, Brian Blessing, the longtime host of Hockey Hotline and a former News 4 sportscaster, he died this week. We have a remembrance up. Jerry Sullivan had a great piece. And at the end of it, he talked to Brian's brother, who is, you know, telling us how he misses he misses his brother. And he said he knew he, he had died on, on Sunday. And he still – he knew his brother wasn't going to get the text message, but he just didn't want to – you know, he wanted to feel like things were the same. He was still – texting his brother the updates during the game, even though he knew they weren't going to get answered. And he, the thing he texted him is, can you believe McDermott blew another timeout? They they wasted all their damn timeout. I don't believe this, he said. Um, Yeah, like I'm wondering, like that's so sad, just like on a human level. And then when you think about it in football terms, you're like, this is what people are still thinking about. Like they Mm -hmm. did it again, another timeout. So – R.I.P. to Brian. Uh, Jerry Sullivan has a great piece up. If you want to go read it, it and is very good. I, hockey I, Hotline was it was a formative uh, show for a lot of hockey fans in Buffalo. That it needed some appreciation. I think Mike Robitai has talked about it extensively with us before. Uh, check it out. WIVB.com. Yeah, it's a very good piece by Jerry Sullivan. Obviously, I'm not I'm not the biggest Jerry Sullivan fan, but he does uh, write some good pieces, and you know, obviously, give him credit where credit is due. Um, I remember Brian Blessing from the 1999 mm-hmm. Stanley Cup run, you know, and all of that. So, uh, but to, to your point, Nick, I think Sean McDermott's got to come out and he's got to continue to be an aggressive coach in those fourth and ones, fourth and two situations on on the opposite side of the field. You got to take those chances and if, and put your faith in Josh Allen that Josh Allen can get it, um, or put your faith in this offense that they can pick it up. Uh, I'm hoping that we see a little bit more Isaiah McKenzie than what we saw last week. Um, at this point, I'll be honest, and it has nothing. It looks to do with like Sanders back. is coming back. I don't know, but I'll, and, and I'll say this: that's fine. Bring Sanders back. Move Sanders to the slot. Even I think Sanders in the slot over Beasley right now is an, is an upgrade. Beasley hasn't had a, had a great yeah, year. Keep, he's, keep he's, rolling, Gabe Davis. Keep rolling, Gabe Davis on the outside. Although he had a bad week last week, uh, we'll say he that he did. He did. But Isaiah McKenzie, I feel like brings more to the offense than what uh, Beasley does because Isaiah McKenzie has that separation speed that you don't get from Beasley. And that's the one thing that this offense is missing is some speed from its receivers, and that's a good thing that Isaiah McKenzie brings to the table. So I'm hoping we see a little bit more Isaiah McKenzie this week in that role. And in all honesty, has nothing to do with vaccination status. I'm over Cole Beasley at this point. I'm fine with if we see Isaiah McKenzie and he steps into that that role. I think he's earned it. It's cutting Cole Beasley after the year saves a lot of money next year. It does, and I'm okay with it. But – with all right, hey, set. yeah, last thing for me, uh, red zone offense has been a thing all year, and I, I really just hope we are not on the pod next week saying the red zone offense killed them. Yeah, red zone offense has been an issue. Um, you know, we'll see what Brian Dable comes out as well. I think that's something that we haven't mentioned either. His play calling has definitely changed since the second half of that 
uh, Bucks game as well. I mean, you you can watch the first half of this year and even up until that Bucks game and see how how different that offense has become since then. Um, what kind of play call do we see out of a Brian Dable? You know, he's a guy that knows Bill Belichick, knows this defense, knows what he likes to do very well. In the last few years, this Bills team and this Bills offense has looked very good against uh, the Patriots. You know, not to mention Brian Dable is interviewing for the Miami job. He's interviewing for the Bears job. You know, is he going to be a little Frazier bit distracted? Too. What's going on? Leslie Frazier is also interviewing for the Bears job. Actually, I don't, um, I don't know if they, if they are accepting that yet. They have been requested. They've been re- they've been requested. If I'm Brian Dable, I'm staying as far away from Miami as I could. That is the one job I would not want as a head coach. Um, but we can get into that during offseason stuff. That job is still available when the Bills get to the offseason. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The, the red zone offense has to be successful and – um, you know, find ways to continue to get points on the boards and march down the field and put up six, not three. Fair. Uh, so, Nick, with all of that said, appreciate everyone tuning into our podcast again. Glad to be back. Glad to be back on the air with you, my friend. Um, Merry Christmas, late, happy new year. Is it still okay to say happy new year 10 years, 10 days later? Sure. Okay, great. Let's well, have- Older, older gentlemen will say Happy New Year to you until like, you know, May. I feel like if it's your first time seeing someone in a new year, like you're allowed to say Happy New Year to them. Like if I don't see you ever or talk to you until like uh, June, I can say Happy New Year to you. I haven't talked to you this year. You know, what What the hell? What's the difference? Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just, yeah, Charlie, I'm just happy for you. All the time. I hope you're always having a happy new year. Okay. Like that, that's what I'm getting, getting the vibe. I like it. Just have a, just have a happy day. That's what it's all about. And I'll have a happier day Saturday at the Bills. Yeah. Win. Uh hate that it's an 8-15 game though, but you know, my old ass is usually in bed by then and then up with the kid <laughs> right and early the next day. But at least I have a day Sunday to recover. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Find us on Apple, find us on Spotify. Uh, at the process podcast, you find Nick on Twitter at just at my name at Nick Veronica, Facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. Um, you find me on Twitter at childwit68. Um, we appreciate everyone tuning in again, appreciate everyone's patience with us as we took the last couple of weeks off. Uh, glad to be back. Um, go Bills, go build a dome. And uh, remember to always trust the process.